You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we close out a week here on the Locked On Jets podcast. It is Friday, November 8th, 2019, and I am your host, John B. from GangreenNation.com. So good to be with you today as we talk about the New York Jets taking on the New York Giants this Sunday at MetLife Stadium. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. You can do it on your favorite podcast source, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And please do leave a good review if you like this show. This is not a great football year for New York. I think that would be an understatement. You know, you think about the last, you think about the the, the series history between the New York Jets and the New York Giants. This is probably as bad of a matchup as these teams have had since 1996. That was, and that was a really ugly game. In fact, there's a classic NFL primetime clip on YouTube, the um, ESPN show. If you search for week four, 1996, it was one of the worst played games in NFL history. The quality of play was remarkably low. It was in pouring rain, um, just just awful. If you watch those highlights, I mean, they're, they're almost laughable. I've not, they're not almost laughable. They're totally laughable. I mean, that was the game, if you remember, when the Jets' second-round pick from that year, Alex Van Dyke, who was a wide receiver. The Jets went wide receiver at the top of the first round and the top of the second round. At the top of the first round that year, they p- picked Keyshawn Johnson. Pretty good pick. Top of the second round, they picked Alex Van Dyke, another wide receiver. Not a very good pick. And there was a sequence where the Jets punted the ball in that game, and the ball just came to a stop on the one-yard line. And the ball was totally stopped, and Van Dyke dove, on, dove the ball, and his momentum carried him into the end zone for a touchback. And he, after the game, he said he did not know the rules. He did not realize that that was a touchback. I mean, that was the type of game it was. it was. It's actually kind of in a really sad way it's very funny if you go back and watch that clip on youtube and that's really the last time these two teams have met with just both teams having such a bad season uh you know you think the last two times these teams have met uh, 2015 and 2011 it was december and both teams were in the playoff races at that point uh back in 2015 the jets and giants played jets had a comeback victory and the game that really kind of started Tom Coughlin on the road to his demise. And then, of course, 2011 was that horrible Christmas Eve game with the Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown. A lot of people look at that as kind of the turning point of the Rex Ryan era. I personally don't. I think the turning point came earlier, but that's beside that's that's beside the point. Um, you know, even back in 2007, the, the two teams, you know, the Giants were on their way to a Super Bowl that year. Uh, the Jets were having a bad year. Uh, you'd have to go back to 96 for a regular season game where these teams met and both of them just looked this hopeless. Uh, but one of these teams has to win unless there's a tie, which you know, the way these teams are playing, I guess you could not rule out. And we're going to preview the, sh- the game today. We'll talk, uh, we'll give key players, key matchups and keys to victory on both sides of the ball. So on offense, I'm going to go with one player and I'm going to go with a backup player. I'm going to go with Chris Chris Herndon on offense, and I'm going to go with a backup player this week because I've used Herndon in the past. He ended up not playing, uh, but Herndon's addition's a, a big deal, would be a big deal for the Jets at least on paper. And I know Ryan Griffin is kind of sort of producing, but I, the way Griffin's producing makes me believe that this is not a long lasting kind of thing. Herndon brings an extra element to the passing game too. I mean, look, Griffin's not going to beat anybody down the field. Herndon can, and at this point, this offense is struggling so much that you know any sort of 
weapon, any the addition of any sort of weapon. Now, that doesn't mean the coaching staff knows how to use him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be snarky when I say this stuff, but if you watch the Jets, you, you realize the coaching staff doesn't know how to use its weapons. So, you know, there's no guarantee the, the coaching staff could use Herndon effectively. But, you know, just him replacing Griffin, any snap he replaces Ryan Griffin would be a big upgrade for the team. But in case Herndon, it, and it sounds like Herndon's on his way towards playing this week, but sometimes these things have not panned out this year. So I'll give you a backup guy, and that's Vincent Smith, who kind of sparked the Jets with a big return last week. And he's shown some, you know, he's shown some ability with the football in his hands. If the Jets figure out ways to manufacture touches for him, this guy's got some good speed. This guy can conceivably make some plays. Now I'm not sure he's polished as a wide receiver, you know, polished enough to make big plays. But who knows? Maybe he can get open deep once. And even if you figure out ways to manufacture touches for him, it's conceivable he could do some good things for this offense again. You know, can the co- and I'm, I'm not trying to be snarky when I say this, but I think if you watch this team this year. You understand that this coaching staff doesn't doesn't understand how to evaluate and how to utilize talent. So, you know that, that's part of the mix here. But they have figured, you know, here and there they figured out ways to utilize Smith. So if Herndon can't go, I'm looking at him. Jets need to figure out how to make some big plays on both sides of the ball. But on the offensive side of the ball, those are, those are two guys I'd be looking at this week. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going with Jamal Adams. He's coming off a rough game, and let's be honest, Adams. I think for the most part, with the exception of a few games in the middle there is not having as good of a year as he had a year ago. You know, he's taken a step back this year. And again, you look at this defense. I mean, there's not a lot of guys around who can make big plays for this football team. And there are lots of areas where this team can be exposed. I mean, there, there are lots of weaknesses on this, on this defense right now. Some of which are because of injury. You look at the linebacker position, but others of which are because the team was constructed poorly, like corner or pass rusher. And the Jets are in a kind of a tough spot on defense because they can't really man up with anybody. I mean, they don't have the players to go man-to-man. We saw that last week. But if you go with a zone look with these linebackers, they, they get exposed because then you can isolate in the matchup you want against these linebackers. And on top of all this, they have no four-man pass rush. So... You know, what do you do then? What do you do? Because the four-man pass rush can at least c- help you compensate for a lack of quality cover guys. And they, they can't do that. So if you have to blitz, then you play man-on-man and you get exposed. It's a really rough spot for this defense. A rough spot for this defense, uh, for the coaching staff on defense. So I look at, across this this unit and, you know, Adams is probably, the to the extent there's a playmaker there, a guy capable of making a game-changing play, it could be Adams. Now, Adams has to channel his energy. We saw last week when he was trying to make a big play he was trying to do too much then he gave he gave up an easy touchdown because he was trying to jump a route that would have led that could have led to a pick six and you know I, I can't i'm not in his head so i don't know the extent to which you know all the stuff in the trade deadline last week played played into that where he's trying to you know show that he's a star i mean i don't know but what i do know is that he made a terrible play last week uh, that gave up a touchdown so he has to channel his energy properly. You know, he can't be overly aggressive, but he does need to have the right amount of aggressiveness to make a game-changing play. And I don't, you know, that could be an interception, that could be a sack, that could be stripping a ball carrier. You know, something something to that effect. Um, and that's I think the Jets are going to need Adams to make a game-changing play or two if they want to come out of this game victorious. My bookie is fast and easy, and they pay when you win. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Did you know you can bet on games after kickoff? If by second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always take the other side. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. 
Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Locked on Jets podcast here on a Friday as we preview Jets-Giants, the quote-unquote Battle of New York, which probably has nobody excited this year. Uh, Both teams are really struggling right now. And, you know, I usually think the NFL season goes by fast, and that's a function of the fact that there are only 16 games. You know, other sports, baseball, basketball, hockey, 16 games into the season, you are not even a quarter of the way through your schedule. In the NFL, that's your full schedule. Usually, I think the, the season goes by fast. This season's dragging. I mean, this, can you believe there's still half a season to go? It's boy, it is. I can't believe we still have to watch half a season more of this team. It's not good. Anyway, we're previewing the game, and we're now we're on key matchups. On the offensive side of the ball, I'm, I'm going to go. This is a bit of an abstract matchup, but I'm going Sam Darnold against himself because I think a lot of Sam Darnold's issues right now are he's just in his head. He's trying to do too much. You know, if you look at last week, if he just either takes the sack on the goal line or throws the ball away and doesn't throw that ridiculous interception, you'd actually look. That was actually a pretty solid performance by him. But of course, you can't take it away because it happened. You know, you, you can't take away the you can't take away the bad and just say, oh, only the good counts. Um, so, and he's just make. I mean, you look at some of these mistakes he's making, and a lot of them I think are maybe him just trying to do too much, just trying to play hero ball because he knows how undermanned this team is, and he's been told. Look, I mean, the way the Jets talk, the Jets talk as though, well, Sam's our guy. Sam's gonna, you know, even when, we, when he was out. I mean, I don't want to get make, turn this into a big psychological thing, but when he was out, all the, all you heard about was, oh, well, Sam's gonna come back and fix everything. Well, no, Sam can't come back and fix everything. Um, it's been a you know it's been a bit of a struggle the last couple of weeks, and he did some good things against Miami. Like I said, I mean, outside of that interception, and again, like you can't take it away because it happened. But outside of that interception, I thought he played a pretty good game. Um, and you know, like I mean, these struggles should have been expected. I was saying this back when, back after the Dallas, even after the Dallas game, I said that before the Dallas game, that this team was so clearly so flawed that there were going to be issues with Darnold. You know this team. This team was going to dra- dra- contribute to dragging Darnold down, and it has to an extent. But Darnold needs to. I mean, Darnold just needs to play smarter. And that's the thing. It's a weird thing because I'm looking at these mistakes he's making, and these aren't like you know, like when Sanchez made mistakes, it was typically like because he couldn't read a defense properly. So it's kind of like okay, this guy doesn't have the tools to play in the NFL. You know, back around 2011, 2012, with Darnold, he's just making mistakes that he should know better on. Look, I mean, I know they didn't correct him last week, but I feel like I look at this and it's just like these mistakes are so ridiculous that he can't keep making them. And I don't mean he might keep making them over the short run, but in the long run, you know, you think he'd figure this stuff out, Um, which is why, like, honestly, like doesn't alarm me as much as some of the other mistakes would. But they have to stop. And he needs to like he needs to understand that he can't do it all. And he needs to understand that sometimes the play is just not going to work and he needs to either take a sack or throw it away. That's what it comes down to. You know, it's, and he's in a tough spot. I mean, this is, this is situ- This whole situation has, I'm not concerned about the interceptions as much as I am about the situation and the potential habits he could develop through this because I mean, this offensive line can't block anybody. So, I mean, he's getting, they're getting him hit a lot and you know, you get your quarterback hit a lot. Sometimes he gets jittery under a pass rush. He starts throwing the ball early. He starts just throwing the ball up for, I mean, I'm worried about some of the habits so, but he can control what he can control, and that's just not making some of these mind-boggling throws he's making. 
Now, on the defensive side of the ball, my key matchup is going to be Saquon Barkley against these Jets linebackers, and this is a matchup that's troubling if you're the Jets, to say the least. Um, you know, Barkley's a, a premium back, and I'll tell you, if, uh, I'm the, if the Giants are smart, what they'll do. And look, I don't know if the Giants are smart. And Look, look at the Giants' record this year. Maybe they're a little bit better than the Jets, but it's not like the, this is a, a finely tuned for, Formula One race car of an organization. But if the Giants are smart, they'll look to get Saquon Barkley going against these linebackers because this linebacker situation for the Jets is obviously pretty pretty ugly right now. And with that said, I mean, they're still pretty good against the run. They're, they're still doing a good job against the run. But, man, I mean, they can get Barkley isolated against these guys in space. It's going to be very troubling for the Jets. The Jets are going to have a lot of issues. Um, so the question becomes, can somebody step up and play a surprisingly effective game? You know, can somebody, sometimes you win these games because a guy comes off the bench, comes out of nowhere and plays over his head, you know, play, plays far better than you were expecting him to. And I think that's kind of what the New York Jets are going to need in this game. I think that they're, they're going to need, again, like I, I try and envision what, ha I try and envision a victory what headlines I'm going to be reading Sunday night, Monday morning, if the Jets win the game. And I think it's going to be a surprising performance. One of these linebackers is going to go out there and you're going to say, how the heck did this guy play that well? And they're going to play a big role in shutting down Saquon Barkley. That, again, again, that is if the Jets win this football game. I think that's that's something that needs to happen. This needs to be a matchup that needs, on paper, it looks ugly for the Jets. It's going to have to be like a matchup that turns into a surprising victory for the New York Jets. Locked on Jets podcast here previewing Jets Giants the Battle of New York Sunday at MetLife Stadium technically a Jets home game although I'm sure there'll be plenty of Giants fans in the stadium you know th these are this is always it's not it's never quite a neutral site game but there's the road team in this series always has a lot of fans now this this year it might be because who knows how many Jets fans are going to be in attendance I think this fan base is pretty disgusted with its team and rightly so uh given the state of things so maybe we'll see more giants fans than we typically would and who knows maybe this will even look like a giants home game anyway we're previewing it look giving some keys and i'm gonna go with my keys to victory and this is something i said last week and they just need to do a better job making this offense more quarterback friendly and that's designing easier plays for darnold um you know sounds like Le'Veon bell after a little bit of an injury scare last early in the week it kind of looks like he's trending toward playing. How about getting him the ball in space? How about splitting him wide a little bit more? You know, they did that in the third quarter. I wrote an article about this on Monday. They split him wide in the third quarter and got an easy completion for Darnold. It's the easiest completion you can get. They were playing far off him, and they went. They did not go back to it until there were like 35 seconds left in the game, and they were in a desperate, desperate spot. You know, this is the type of stuff that you look at and you say, what is this coaching staff doing? So figure out ways, you know, more three-step drops, simple reads, getting the ball to Bell in space, you know, utilizing Vincent Smith a little bit. These are just the types of things they need to do. You know, we talk about Darnold versus, you know, Darnold versus himself. Well, at some point, the coaching staff needs to help you. If, when your quarterback's struggling, at some point, the coaching staff needs to help you. This has been, like, I know I've been using this key week after week after week because it's a key, and they're not doing it, and that's part of the reason that this, this offense is stalling right now. You know, it's... The coaching staff needs to help Darnold out. That's a huge key for the Jets. It's been a huge key for weeks, and part of the reason the Jets are losing is that they're not doing it. So start doing it, Jets. And on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to say aggressively go for the football. Daniel Jones, the Giants quarterback, has had some issues. Has had some pretty extreme issues fumbling the football. 
you know, there, I mean, there are points where guys aren't even going for the ball and he's fumbling it. So, you know, be aggressive going for the ball. I mean, part of this is going to be when you blitz. And I think they just need to be aggressive in general. You know, I talked a little bit earlier about how the Jets can't cover man-to-man and they can't cover zone. And to me, and they can't they can't generate a four man pass rush. And to me, that almost says you should. It may be counterintuitive. That almost tells me you, you ought to blitz a little bit, because I guess the standpoint I'm coming from is that if you can't cover if you can't cover in conservative zones or you can't cover in risky man to man situations, well, when you blitz, you kind of have to play man to man because you only have you don't have enough guys back to play all the, to fill all the zones, so you have to go one on one. But if you know, any type of coverage is risky. You might as well send as many pass rushers as you, can, as you can at the quarterback. So, and that kind of folds into my naming Jamal Adams my key player on defense because I think he, like I said, I think he's going to have to make a, a big play or two. And part of that might be as a blitzer. He was a very effective blitzer a year ago, and he was pretty good at forcing fumbles. So, can he, you know, get a strip sack on a blitz that gives the Jets short field position, maybe generates a score for this team? You know, maybe the Jets need a defensive score in this game with an offense that's really struggling to do much of anything. Turnovers are going to play a key key role in this game. And both quarterbacks, both young quarterbacks, have been very turnover prone. Now, both young quarterbacks have been put in a very difficult spot, very very poor situations that increase the odds of uh, turnover. So it may come down to which young quarterback does a better job of protecting the football. With that in mind, the Jets need to be aggressive. The Jets need to try and force turn force turnovers and make Daniel Jones not the quarterback who protects the football. And ultimately, that could be you know, one of the key factors in the, determining which New York team at least kind of stops the misery for a week. At least gives their fan base a little bit chance to a little bit of a chance to breathe. Because man, as bad as it is for these two teams, the losing team in this game on Monday things are just going to get that much worse. That's all for our show today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked on Jets podcast on a Friday. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. If you like the show, subscribe on your favorite podcast source, and we will deliver new episodes to your device every morning. We are a five-day-a-week podcast. We go Monday to Friday each week talking about the New York Jets. And if you like the show, give it a good review. That really helps us out. Well, enjoy the game this weekend, folks, and we'll be back next week to break it all down.